Welcome everybody to today's episode of The Naked Show. Hello. Oh, we've got such a jam-packed episode for you guys today. Yeah. But we're going to start off on a bit of a somber note. A bit? Well, look, what happened this week has just been plaguing my mind. I'm actually yeah. disgusted to be human. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, just take it away. Like, I, I haven't, so we're talking about George Floyd. I haven't even watched the video. You shouldn't. I, I cannot bring myself to it. Just, just the, the picture, the still of it is, it's, it's, it's disgusting. It's, it's, it makes my blood curdle. It's, it's deeply disturbing and it's deeply upsetting. I literally, I cannot, I don't have the balls to watch it. You know, I'm not even going to take that angle of what, how can someone do this to a black person? How can someone do this to anybody, you know? And the fact that this person is black shows you that racism is still fresh. Yeah. It happens every single day. Yeah. People are turning a blind eye. Thank yeah. God someone was there to record this. Yeah. So that, I mean, we all know that nothing's actually going to happen mm. because the sad part. this has been happening for years and no one's ever done anything about it. But I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even know like what we should do as a society who's actually concerned about this because we can't influence governments. We can't influence legislations. We can't influence police departments. So I don't even know what we can do because... Protests are happening, marches are happening, and mm. still nothing. No one is listening. Mm. But it, it's it's build-ups like these, and then people crack, and it becomes violent. And then people want to be like, oh, this and this. Oh, don't take the law into your own hands. What the F must you do? I mean, What must you do? You know what? I put myself in that position. When I watched the video, and I didn't watch the whole video, but I, I kind of skimmed through it. And when I watched the video, I remember seeing that the guy is kneeling on his neck, and then there's a there's a like an officer just standing in the middle of like the cameraman, kind of just making sure no one steps in. And I was like, if I was in that position, would I be brave enough to like punch this guy or do something? Because this this police officer has a gun. Yeah. He's got a one up on you. Yeah. You know. So what are you, what is someone supposed to do in that situation? Because the people on, that were recording and the people that were watching this were screaming in the video. He can't breathe. Yeah. Get off him. They yeah. were pleading. Yeah. And this guy was doing nothing. So the next logical step is to obviously take a brick and slam this guy's head. Yeah. But if that happens, there's three other officers who can quickly draw their gun and shoot you. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't even know what I would have done in that situation. It's your... Uh, your I don't even know. I, I read someone's status yesterday. And so this was after... The news came out that um, the four policemen had been fired and there's an investigation, blah, 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 which is all fucking bullshit. I don't care if they're fired. We know nothing's going to happen. We know this. They're probably still getting paid with taxpayers' money. Mm. But anyway, I read the status and the status said, just remember that those policemen weren't fired because you saw the video. Not I mean, those policemen weren't fired because the authorities saw the video. They were fired because you saw the video. Exactly. And that is, it just speaks again to 
how many other people has this happened to that it didn't get filmed no one was there and the people were alone and they died i mean i i honestly don't understand how you can be threatened or how you can feel threatened by another human being when you have a gun on you you're trained to use it and you've got your buddies there to back you up and this guy's by himself yeah I mean, it, it, it makes, abs- I mean, it. I can't even fathom it. I can't understand how this, how it came to this. I can't understand what was going through that person's mm-hmm. head. And in my opinion, I don't care if he's an officer of the law or a professor. Mm. He is not fit to roam around society. Yeah. He That, that officer who killed that man and the, the other three officers who were standing there watching this yeah. are not fit to roam around society. I agree. I it's as simple agree. as that. Lock them up. Keep them in jail for the rest of their lives and let the rest of us move on peacefully. I feel like I'm not even going to play lock them up game. Fucking kill them too. Kill them too. I mean, yeah. I mean, why must someone's family struggle and deal with this loss over an innocent person, right? And then these men must go sit in jail and their families can go see them every day or every week and whatever however jail visiting times work like i I don't even know well yeah look it's 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 crazy we we live in a crazy world and and this is the problem when i say that i i struggle to understand people's behavior even though i am trained to understand people's behavior but these are things that go beyond anybody's understanding no matter how much research you do or anything you can't understand how it got to this point and i think the world needs to heal you know i think we need to start realizing that if we don't start coexisting at some point there is going to be a civil war and i'm not i'm not talking about humans i'm talking about black people versus white people if we don't start acknowledging what's happening there's going to be a civil war and then we're going to start looking back and say how did this happen and this this is how it's happening there's a white man kneeling on a man's neck Mm. and he eventually killed him yeah. What more do you need to actually start a war? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wars have been started through less. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. That's so, what I'm saying. Don't even throw them in jail. Just kill them. Just kill them. That's the only example that I feel like it would be sort of okay. Yeah. Literally. And like for me, whenever you read these things and it always like the one question in my mind is always, what did black people do to white people that it's it, this is where we are like what did black people do to you i mean we were here in africa chilling fine people came on their boats took our land forced us into slavery apartheid all of those things what what did we do to you guys to get this what happened generationally it's it's you know scars 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 but but the the people who are scarred are the ones being killed i know i know so... it's, it's in it's injustice it's 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 inhumane and it's yeah it's 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 unjust because obviously what's happening here is just you know like i said it's difficult to understand i mean we can't wrap our head around it and we could talk about this for 40 50 minutes and we wouldn't be anywhere near closer to understanding what happened yeah or or any there's no justification for this man's actions yeah but on a lighter note yeah we have stephen hall no stephen charles sutherland 
hole. Ooh, yes. this man has got a name and a half. I mean, mm. we've got him as a guest today. A very close friend of ours. Near and dear to our hearts. The life of the party. The person who we always go to when we just need some inspiration and some sauce. The salt know. of the earth. <laughs> yes. You know? So, so Stephen uh, was kind enough to just give us some time and sit down with us and just talk about some of the life things that he's experienced. I don't even know <laughs> I don't even know what to say because I don't want to spoil it for you guys. I want mm. I want you to hear it from his mouth. Yeah. But such an inspiring man. Absolutely. Such a fun man. So we had a lot of good laughs yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh my god. But I think for 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 anybody who's interested in in hearing different sides of the story, then I think this is the one for you. Different sides of the story. Yes. Steve just says it in a way where I think for most people, it's going to be valuable and it's going to be insightful. And I, I, I want you guys to just go ahead, listen to him, gather what he says, you know, and think mm. about it. Mm. And, um, you know, maybe you'll have a different perspective coming out of it. Yo, mm. nice one. So without See further what ado. what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> without further ado, here is Steve. All right. So, Stephen, welcome to The Naked Show. Uh, we've been wanting to get you on for the longest time. We just needed to get all the other less important guests out the way so that we could mm. have you in here. So obviously, we've we've talked about you before on the episode where we had Dylan. But uh, mm. just introduce yourself and let the people know what you're all about. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get naked with you guys. And um, I know, right? So, yeah, my name's Steve as you already know, and I am the most delightful friend ever in the history of the world, um, and I just wanted to have a beer with you. I didn't want to slut shame you. Just, um. <laughs> I feel like I was the one slut shaming you. Yeah. Yes, that's what I meant. Look, I'm so delightful, like, I can't even be... <laughs> Anyway, um, I'm doing my intern clinical psychology. Um, I'm practicing DIY stuff, not baking, DIY stuff. Um, and that's me. Well, I feel like, you know, firstly, we just want to get through to the audience that this isn't a psychology podcast because no. of the people we've had are related to psychology. This is just our circle. Birds of a feather. Exactly. This is success attracts success exactly. that's the thing oh, yes. your inner world is projected outside exactly exactly so steve steve has always been a, a good friend um even though we haven't really known each other for that long and we almost got divorced we almost got divorced a couple of times because you were just you were lacking you you just weren't fulfilling your friendship duties and i said to you listen there's limited space available. You either pull your shit together or you're out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's when Steve pulled his shit together. He was like, okay, the next time you come to Pretoria, we're definitely going to have beers. And look what happened. We had a great time. We had the most amazing time ever. Exactly. So first of, first of all, Steve, you, how do you identify? So let's just get it out the way. Let's, let's put it out there. So there's a specific reason we wanted to have you on the show. And it's not for the psychology part. Right, mm -hmm. it's because no, we, we, wanted to, we wanted to increase the diversity. We wanted to reach a, a 
different audience with the specific podcast. So how mm. do you identify? So I identify as a gay male. So, so, so for those that don't understand, what does that mean? Does that mean that you're only attracted to males? Um, yeah. So I'm sexually and emotionally um, attracted to males. Um, yeah. Um, I think that we all are on a continuum. You know, there's, there's a continuum that is spoken about a lot. I keep forgetting the name, though. There, um, is a, there is a name. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I also don't remember. There's a name. So I would put myself about 90% gay, 10% attracted to women. You know, but I always say to my friends, the one couple, not you guys. It was before I met you guys. So you've obviously stolen the spot of this title. But they were the hottest sure. couple. And they were the hottest couple I had at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, and I said and I said to them, I was like, listen, like both of you guys, well, both of you are hot as are we allowed to swear? Yes. <laughs> this is an explicit podcast, so go for it. I'm like, because you you know I cannot not swear. Like it's yeah. impossible. So I was like, you both are hot as fuck, but I want to throw him against the wall and not you. And that makes complete sense. That that actually that it's a perfect definition of the 90-10 that you just explained. It just exactly. it brings it to life. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I yeah. think I think people are always scared of talking about that continuum because it's like, especially with, with that toxic masculinity, it's like, I can't be attracted to males. The fuck are you talking about? That can't yeah. be, you know? Yeah, So exactly. everyone's scared of, of, of going to that continuum. Mm. And I feel like we just need to be like, okay, let's just, let's just embrace it, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. life is not black and white. Right. No. So, so Steve, just take us back in time with with a bit of your history. Like, when did you start to realize that this was this was a, a the way that you felt? You know. Mm. So, um, I still I remember it clear as day. So, mm. I did a lot of stereotypical female things growing up. You know, I know I know that using gender terms and stuff like that. It's but it just makes the story a little bit easier, you know, like, so, so typical female things when I was growing up, playing with Barbies, wanting to do ballet, joining my sister with a lot of things, and being very, like, artistic, dressing up, and it's kind of like everybody thought that it was just because my sister is a girl, well, the lady now, um, my cousins, all my cousins that were female, their friends were female, so they thought that it was just me trying to you know, like fitting with everybody else, but it wasn't, it was my own identity. And then um, we, were, <laughs> we, we went um, overseas the ones and we were in Disney World. So we all got into the elevator and um, I think I was 13 at the time. Yeah, 13 at the time. And this, <laughs> and, and this, this muscle guy walked in so he was he, so he was a bodybuilder and i looked at him and i went oh this <laughs> what it is i still remember it clearly 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 to this day that that was the day that like it made sense what it was mm-hmm. so it was like it's like a vivid memory that you've got that's actually quite interesting because you know, i don't remember the day that i was attracted to 
I don't remember the day that, that there was never like a, a moment for me. It was just ingrained, you know? And I feel like for you, it's probably the same. It's, it's the whole thing of, you know that you're different because you've always, like, like it doesn't matter what family you come from, it doesn't matter whatever society, media, movies, whatever, always tells you that gay is different, gay is other, you know? Yeah. So you never, like, I mean, I'm only 31 now, you know, so I'm not that old. So when I say about like back in the day, it wasn't even that back in the day. But I, I think we had Will and Grace, for example, you know. So, yeah. and that was only much later. So we didn't have a, a sense of what is a gay relationship? What is gay? We didn't have models, you know. We didn't have a modeled relationship, you know, mm. um, yeah. to say it's gay. So I think it stands out for me because... I figured it out myself, you mm. know, without it going, oh, sure, it's okay, well, this is what it is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And and do you think that the times that we're living in now, do you think that there's more models out there? Do you think that it's it's easier for someone who's discovering their sexuality? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that movies have changed a lot. Netflix is doing an incredible job with the documentaries mm. about... Um, LGBTQR plus um, history. They're doing an incredible, incredible job. And a lot of series and even movies, they're not getting characters to be the funny gay character or the extravagant gay character. It's just a character who's gay, you know, yeah. which, which I think is a lot better. You know, it's. Yeah, and it, it, yeah, and it doesn't feel like it's forced, you know, it feels like yeah. it's. It's just it's supposed to be there, you know. Yeah, which exactly. Is. Yeah, which it is. I mean, we can't we can't want to raise kids in a world that is that's acting blind to it, you know. Yeah. I mean, it is who someone is, and mm. it's really beautiful to see it. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I think coming from coming from uh, we come from a very conservative town. So for mm. us, we always, especially for me and her, we kind of always grew up with the fact that, you know, gay is different. Gay is, is, is still wrong, you know, even though you knew that I, I should stand up to, for this. But it's kind of like if you've got 200 other people saying mm. this, you kind of like, I can't be the only one that, that you know, thinks differently. So yeah. for you did, you, did you experience that? Did you, did you feel left out at any point? Um, I did. I was I was um, speaking about this the other day as well. That not only do we have to figure out society's idea of what being gay is and acceptance or not acceptance, whatever, but we have to internalize that as well for ourselves. You know, um, I I had an old friend whose family was the most accepting, gay-friendly family in the history of history. And yet he, he, he didn't come out. He couldn't come out, you know, um, because th that's the thing. Like, we still have to figure it out for ourselves, like, internally, you know. Um, it's still navigating that. And um, it's, it's the whole thing of it's not being told that what you do is wrong. It's told that fundamentally who you are is wrong. 
you know yeah. so so that's why you know i think that a lot of a lot of gays you know struggle and that's why you'll have the girlfriends in school or you'll have like play the the butch sports or which i'm not saying that gay people can't play that's not what i'm saying at all you know but sometimes you do try to fit in so sometimes you will be the bully against openly gay people or you would do whatever you know to fit in with those 200 people who are against it you know if you if you're insecure about it yourself you know mm. yeah absolutely yeah. that's that's very true and having having had such a wonderful moment at 13 where it all came together and it all made sense for you what happened there after did you did you then decide to tell your family or to sort of understand it better for yourself and like you said internalize it and accept it yourself and then come out to your family like how how did this all happen so um so i was i was terrified um you know my my mom and dad they they love my sister and i they will do anything for us like even even today but just sexuality wasn't really spoken about you know um i only came out to my family when i was 21 um so it was much later and i was overseas so i could go back overseas again if anything happened um and it was yeah you know like it was it was difficult because i i wasn't a secure person to begin with you know i had very very low self esteem like i felt like i was a bit of an ugly duckling so i never felt like i was cool enough i didn't feel like i was good enough in any aspect so coming out just wasn't something i was prepared to do at all because you know i didn't want to be more vulnerable than i already was you know so it took me a while um and then um my my first experience was with one of my close friends um that was amazing <laughs> <laughs> and but everything was a secret you know everything was you know um and that was funny so you know like i had my first experiences and all of that kind of stuff but i never openly came out um i told my one close friend um i think i was in the trick that i was bar you know because that's sometimes the easiest way to do it because i was gymming with one guy in school and oof, you know you can't hard you good looking you fucking good looking like your face ain't going <laughs> hard at whether you in the closet or not you know mm. so 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 that's how it started for me you know so a lot of my friends knew about it but i was friends with a lot of um christians and um nothing against religion nothing against it you know each to their own but they couldn't accept me um for their own individual reason or because their faith was strong i don't know whatever reason so yeah so i lost a lot of friends at the same time when i was also finding new friends so it was a very very weird time yeah so, and i think going back you know going back to that is I remember when 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 I was in high school and I did a lot of mean things and I had a lot of friends who did mean things and I think kids in general at that age are just stupid. Yeah, we don't we don't understand the concept of empathy that well. So yeah. it's difficult to relate to other people, you know, and obviously you're going to be mean and all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. I can imagine you would have experienced that quite a bit, you know. 
So, so strangely enough, um, looking back now, you know, I was quite effeminate, you know, not too much. I think that I was still quite butch, you know, but I was definitely at my moments. But the schools that I went to, they were quite liberal schools. Um, even the, the school that I matriculated in, they had so many gay teachers. I think like, yeah, I think at least six of my teachers were gay um, or five, one of them. And even um, the matric before me, he was openly gay and he took his partner to the matric dance. So I was lucky enough where I actually wasn't bullied in school. Um, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a safe space for us, you know. Um, but yet, like I said, I still, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to. Mm. Yeah, but that's actually really cool. I would have never, I would have never guessed that there would have been such open, open schools. And I think, you know, you, it was actually fortunate enough for you that you, you went to a place like that, as opposed to like a, imagine going to our Catholic school and, and being gay. I think for whoever was gay in our school must have had a horrible time because yeah, I don't even think we had open gay people at the, at the house. You couldn't even just be normal Christian in that school. You had to be Catholic. Yeah, so I it, mean, was, it was quite quite rough where where we went. Um, so yeah, that's actually that's actually quite interesting. But obviously, you your relationship with your parents now is great. I mean, I know this because you've told me. But just yes. tell the people. Yes. Yeah. So I came out when I was twenty one. I was in Australia, and um, I was studying there, and it was. The first time, like I said, I was 21. Um, I walked into a bar and I saw the bartender and I was like, hello. And he was like, hello. And then that was my first love story. And um, <laughs> because, he was, like, because he was my first, um, my first love. So we partied all night and I slept all day. So anyway... Um, so yeah, so then I came home and then I just decided to tell my mom and sister, not my dad yet. And it absolutely broke them. Um, they didn't they didn't see it coming, they didn't do this, they didn't do that, and it was it wasn't accepted at all. Um, it was absolutely awful. Um, so yeah, so I even literally came home to two handwritten hate mail from my mom and sister. Um, because they didn't accept it. Um, and, you know, that took a, that was cuck. That was like absolutely awful because whatever I went through after that, you know, regarding my sexuality, regarding my, my, um, my partners, all of that kind of stuff, I had to go through alone. So I never had anybody to talk to about breakups or a crush or, you know, like, sexual health even you know which i think which i'm a huge advocate for you know like mm. i didn't have anybody to to really confide in you know um and i didn't want to either you know i think once you you've experienced that kind of rejection you know you become very very closed off and um that influenced my relationship well my relationship then and my relationships now you know about the whole thing about you don't trust, you become closed off, you don't know how to deal with the anger, the rejection, all that kind of stuff. So it's been quite a journey. Um, my sister came around to it quite a few years later, and um, she's incredible. She's absolutely incredible. Um, 
so supportive. She's become a little social justice warrior. Um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you know. And so is my mom. You know, she's also come around and she met my partner. Um, we can talk about these things now and all of that kind of stuff. So it's also it's also your family's journey, you know. That's um, true. Yeah, I think it, it is it is difficult for them to take because obviously they've only known one thing for their whole life, and then all of a sudden now they must accept something different. You know. Yeah, and you know, like we all work, we all walk our own personal journey, and. Yeah. You know, I I have a right to be angry about it because I wasn't unconditionally accepted. You know, that's what your family is supposed to do. But I mean, my family, you know, my mom and my sister, they've all got their own stuff that they're also dealing with. And I'm always kind of like, they didn't accept me at that time because they didn't accept themselves either. They were also going through stuff, you know, which doesn't make it right, doesn't make it easy. But I think sometimes understanding somebody's journey, especially with something that changes the world of, you know, like your family so much, I think brings in a lot of forgiveness later on. Mm. That's true. Mm. That's very true. So, so Steve, you, you're, you're a clinical psychologist now. Uh, you know, congratulations on that. Obviously, you know that I've been rooting for you from the start. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, being being gay in in this profession is it is it difficult? Um, I I don't find it difficult. I think that it's quite a open. Um, I think it's quite an open platform, which is which is quite lovely. But yet it's still it's still interesting because we speak you know about minorities a lot we speak about the injustices we speak about culture a lot communities a lot and people generally gravitate towards you know gender and race so a lot of times you know it's it's easier to navigate between thinking about minorities culture you know otherness as race and gender but Unless the LGBTQR plus topic is, you know, up front, I think a lot of people forget about that. Um, yeah. And and it's kind of, I like to, to bring it up because it's forgotten and people think that it's easy to navigate through. You know, it's, it's just another relationship, but it's not. There's more to it, you know. Um, I was busy saying to somebody because... You know, even moving to a new town, sometimes you kind of, or a smaller town, for example, you know, the first thing that I was told was, okay, you can go to these bars, don't go to those bars, you know, mm. like people, you know what I mean? So there's always something that you have to think about. Walking through a shopping center, like, yes, I can hold my boyfriend's hand, but it won't go down very well. You know, yeah. having my boyfriend sit on my lap isn't going to go down very well, you know. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the one thing. And the other thing that I also tell a lot of people is that a lot of times we are rejected when we come out. But whenever we meet somebody new, we have to come out again and again and again and again. Because the amount be of time, it, it is, you know, because if you see me from from far, even up close, you know, like I don't, I don't look gay. I don't know what that means, but... I don't look effeminate. I don't dress, you know, in a stereotypical way, you know. Um, 
so the amount of times where I'm asked, like, your girlfriend, your wife, kids, blah, 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 you know, and it's just like, boyfriend. And then you have to wait for the reaction. Like, mm-hmm. how are they going to react? Are they going to react? You know what I mean? So it's like the constant thing of how is somebody going to react towards you? You know, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing to navigate. That's true. I think there's a lot of, there's always, people always obviously think that um, being gay and, and, and having a different sexuality than what, you know, we're all used to and what we all think is the, the, the what people would refer to as normal, you know, yes, which yeah. is the heterosexuality. Yeah. Everyone thinks that it's just one thing, but there's so many intricacies to it that mm-hmm. it's just not simple. It's not simple for, for other people to understand and for other people to empathize with because they've never walked that road. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You know, but what I've, what I've appreciated is that, um, you know, there's so many movements going on in the world right now, so many movements and um and i am privileged and honored enough to have experienced discrimination because as much as i got discriminated against differently you know because of my discrimination i have a little bit more understanding a little bit more empathy you know which allows me to empathize towards somebody else's discrimination and i think that unites us you know, so much more than, than anything else. And, and I think as soon as you use your story, as soon as you, you know, use your hurt, use your, your pain or whatever, it allows you to connect to somebody else's. You know, I'm not necessarily going to claim your hurt as mine, but I'll mm-hmm. certainly stand next to you and be like, I'm here for you, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I think that's important. Like, just because I'm othered, you know, because of my sexuality, I recognize others' otheredness as well, if that makes sense. That's true. Absolutely. So, so Steve, let's, let's, let's move away a bit. So, the, the, the real important question that we wanted to get to tonight was, how many tattoos do you actually have? Child. Whoa. <laughs> does Steve even know how many tattoos Steve I has? I bet you he doesn't know how many tattoos Wait, wait. Let's, let's give a ballpark and then Steve will give his ballpark. Okay. So I, I say think, 25. Nah, fam. I say Steve's got like 30, 30, 33, 34, <laughs> 35, somewhere there. What say to you, Steve? <laughs> this is why I was supposed to get naked for the naked show. <laughs> right? Yo. Even Dylan won up to you. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. So, um, what? <laughs> oh, no, people can't see me. We're on a podcast. <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are not showing people your naked chest. <laughs> um, I don't know. Because I've got big pieces that go into each other. So, does my sleeve count as one? Or do I have to count each individual one? I never know how to answer this question. I think you need to count every time you went to a tattoo parlor mm. to get a tattoo. But not like, I know there's, there's some tattoos that, that take quite a couple of sessions, you know. So those would count as one because that's yeah. one yeah. piece. But every time you went to a parlor to add something new or complete something. Yo, 
you guys should have prepared me for this question. I would say, yeah, I'll go 26. 26. I was close. I said 25. Yeah. Oh, man. I would, I would, yeah, yeah. I think you should count tonight because I'm telling you I'm it's, it's crossed the teeth. No, it's look, crossed the teeth. Look, I love, I love Steve's tattoos. I think, you know, you know when you see someone whose tattoos just belong on, on this mm. person's body, mm. your tattoos, it's like you were born with them. They I, belong. I, like, it, I can't imagine Steve without exactly. tattoos. I'd be like, you know those, those hairless cats? Yeah. I'd be like, why, <laughs> why don't you have this <laughs> On you, <laughs> and we know I'm gonna get more. We know um, oh, yes. I've reached the point where I'm not hiding them anymore. I'm like, no. I was in the closet once. I'm not going back. Go <laughs> <laughs> it all off. So, so Steve, that's the other. That's the other thing that I actually wanted to to ask you is, how have you been keeping fit during the lockdown? Because I know you're very gym orientated, and this must have been tough for you because. You have no gym to go to, bro. Yeah. Thanks, bro. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk like we're in the gym right now, you know? Yeah, yeah, bro. How much how weights do you lift? See, I don't uh, even know what questions you are. I bench, I bench 250, bro. <laughs> um, no, so I got resistant bands before lockdown so i've been doing that i've been doing a lot of hit workouts youtube videos which i which is incredible so i've been doing that yeah bro and and, and the last the last question before we finish <laughs> off is and this one you have to choose eh? you can't you can't pitch out of this one i think right? i know what this is and if you're going to ask steve this again i'm going to get mad because steve yeah. and i already settled this the last time we were with him you don't know what this is <laughs> You need to decide now who is the most fun in the relationship. Is it me or is it this boring person over here? Because the, the, Steve, audience, the Steve, audience is waiting for you to decide. Steve, he hasn't even hit a blunt in his life. Exactly. I was just, I was just about to say, like, you, like, it's definitely, but I'm sorry, it is. Yes. <laughs> in your Adrian, face. Adrian. We forgetting, I phone you when I'm having breakdown so you can calm me down. Like, yeah, um, you're not gonna call this clown over here, no, because she's gonna <laughs> half me up more. Like, <laughs> like okay, come okay. on, I can, I can accept, I can accept that, I can, I can accept that, and I, I'll, I'll settle for that. Steve, you're like, not lying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, hold on, I need to boil the kettle because he's exactly. like, what to you? I'm like, this is how I feel. This is what's going on. And Adrian's like, no, you mustn't take it so seriously. And we could do this and blah blah blah. I'm like, bruh, bitch with me, bitch with yeah. me. I don't, yeah. I don't want you to be rational right now. I want you to fucking hate them with me. Like, yes, you don't even know them, but hate them. I am, I am unable to bitch. That's for sure. Because you're no fun. I, 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 but the thing is, like, we'll, sh I'll, I'll find out something and then she'll be like, oh, and what did he say after that? And I'll be like, I don't know. I didn't ask what he said after that. I just moved on, you know? See, this I don't is care. A, this, Adrian, because this is how slut shaming starts. <laughs> exactly. I see. Exactly. I see. Because you don't, 
don't know what the fuck is going on story, and then you're still oblivious to it. But all the time. But the thing is, all the time. There's certain gossip that I just, I, I don't, I, I don't find it entertaining. That's why I just move on, you know. So zero. Zero. So nothing in your life. Exactly. Wow, that's your life. All but right. wait, I had one final question for Steve. Okay, go for it. And I feel like the last time I asked you this, you ran away from it. You didn't answer me, and I'm still touched. Most probably. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Steve, there may come a day when this man and I decide to ask the, the government to intervene in our relationship, right? Yes. I want to know, the morning of that day, are you going to be in this man's suite or are you going to be chugging down the champagne in my suite? Uh, that's an easy answer. Fuck. Well, yeah, of course I'm giving you the stare down right now. Well, of course. And I'm, it's, it's turning me on a bit. But, um, <laughs> but we've just asked who's the most fun. So by deduction, it's Bips. Oh. Yes! Oh, yeah. this, is, this is where we... Thank you, Steve. Thank you is, for being honest. This is where we end the episode. Steve, thanks so much for being part of the Naked Show. I'm sure well, people well. are going to absolutely love this episode. And thanks for being a warrior for social justice. I cannot thank you enough for doing that. Thanks it's for being woke. Social warrior, bitch. <laughs> bro. <laughs> for sure. Bro. Social warrior, bro. <laughs> social warrior, foot. We... <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> Kador, you still have to come. You still have to come to Kador. Steve, we love you. We appreciate you. And uh, so we can have a couple of beers together. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you.